with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and you are not. With me today is the Queen of Pain, my original co-host of Ghost Chronicles, Maureen Wood. Hey, how you doing? Good. Also, one of my favorite Scotsmen, uh, is that what they call him? Scottish Scotsman? I don't know. Whatever. Stephen Scott. Hi, guys. Hi. So, how you so doing? Are you, are you a Scotsman? Are you Scottish? Or what the hell? Well, uh, C, actually D, all of the above. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I, I I just didn't want to give you any offence, you know. So, no, I'm Scottish. I'm really hard to offend, Ron. It, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why you get along well with Ron. It is. <laughs> and uh, of course, I want to I want to welcome um, uh, Maureen on Women's Day, Women's World Day. What the hell it is? I don't know. International uh, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> You know, I, I had this wicked nice photograph of like all these naked women, each paint uh, body painted in the flag of their country. And I thought it was, I would paint it, put it posted for International Women's Day, but uh, I figure yeah, maybe not. not a great idea. Yeah, right? I don't know. Sometimes, no. <laughs> sometimes people uh, yeah, get, they get a little offended sometimes. Oh, some I reason. wonder why, Ron. I have no idea. But, anyways. See, people don't realize that some people just don't have no idea, <laughs> and that would be me. <laughs> okay. Well, now so, that you told us that, I can get a visual in my mind. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, anyways, uh, on the international show, Steve and I talk about uh, ghost hunting, ghost hunting equipment, and all that. And I wanted to do something uh, about the other side because there are two sides of ghost hunting. Uh, the actually the physical side, the measuring side, and then the metaphysical side. And I said, well, you know, this would be a great discussion because we, we you know, we, we talk about mediumships and mediums all the time, but, you know, how much do people really know about it? It's like, you know, quantum physics. They say like, oh, you know, quantum physics, they quote it for everything, but they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Uh, so I thought I'd try to delve into mediumship. So today on the show, we have uh, Stephen Scott, uh, who I didn't realize, by the way, that never met Maureen Wood, evidently, according to Maureen, but she's blonde, so I don't only trust hey. that, she say. Uh, he is a spiritualist medium, and um, my good friend, our ex-good friend, uh, after the show, is uh, Maureen Wood, who is a trans medium. So... Uh, we have two mediums, and of course, there's me on the show. Uh, should leave me out uh, uh-huh. because you know, as Marmee will tell you, uh, when I first started this, I always used to say I was uh, psychic as a brick, uh, and now I call myself a uh, dumb psychic, meaning that I don't work at it, but I still get information for some particular reason, other reason. So, nothing offensive there, just the way it is. So. 
Stephen Scott, first of all, what is what is the definition definition of a medium? Well, that's a complex question with a very straightforward answer, I suppose. Um, essentially, a medium is someone who literally acts as a medium does in every sense of the word. You know, as in something that joins two uh, opposing parts together is technically a medium. Um, and what the purpose of the medium is to communicate and act as the channel between the spirit world and the loved ones that we've lost there and those who are still here who wish to receive communication or are unable to perceive the communication that they're receiving or perhaps uh, don't understand how that communication is validating itself to them mm -hmm. uh, and that's essentially the purpose of it. The medium is literally just the telephone line with a pulse. And their job is to communicate and make sure that connection happens. That's one of the easiest ways to express it personally. Um, we can go into it in a lot more detail than that if you were to talk about the workings of mediumship and how the yeah, communications we'll happen. That. We're definitely we'll get into that. that. Yeah. 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 So, Maureen, what is, what is a psychic? Okay, so... I don't know if necessarily so much is a psychic, but I've always learned that, you know, majority of people have psychic abilities. And I think someone who is a medium to me is also a psychic, you know, and they grew into mediumship or they have mediumship abilities as well. Someone who, um, so I should say a medium is someone who's also psychic, but someone who's a psychic does not necessarily mean their mediumship level yet because they may not be pursuing that. So psychic could be in a lot of things, just like, you know, Stephen Scott mentioned, even mediumship, it's not really like a black and white. There's many different levels and shades. I mean, Ron, you say that I channel, but that's not just what I do, right? So it's uh, someone who's been able to bridge that connection and maybe dis decipher um, whether it's symbols or information, knowing, inner knowing that's coming through from the spirit realm, let's say, and you're picking up on that, but it's being able to kind of decipher that energy. So when you're saying psychic, when I do a reading for someone, it's really a little bit of both, right? Because you can never guarantee someone coming through, but you might be able to give them guidance anyway. So that's my take on it. Right. Now, Stephen, you... you being a member of the spiritualist, uh, and you, you do gallery readings as well. Uh, you don't use tarot cards, you don't use any paraphernalia, you just get messages. Is that correct? Yes, uh, as, a, as a spiritualist, uh, we're not allowed to use anything on the gallery, uh, simply because it could be seen as a focus, even uh, if, if you were of the Christian faith and you wore a cross or you were of a Buddhist faith and wore a symbol or you were Maori and wore even some jade, you couldn't hold that, you couldn't touch it around your neck because that could be seen as a third party focus through which you're gaining information. And that also brings out another point just to highlight what Maureen was talking about there is Maureen and I could be in the same room, communicate with the same spirit to the same individual and we could get not conflicting, but we would get different information because that spirit connection relies through the imagery it portrays to us and through the method of communication. It relies on our own experiences in life to get information across as well. So it's that's how different and varied that can be. So I do know people who 
do use tarot cards while doing mediumship and I've, I have no problems with that. It's just if you're doing a spiritualist church through the SNU, the Spiritualist National Union or something like that, you're not allowed to use any foci or focus while you're working. So you can't use cards, you can't use runestones, you can't use crystals. Uh, and if you have them on your person, you cannot touch them while you're delivering your gallery messages or your church so, service. So, Maureen, that's why you use them. You use them as a focus. Is, is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, for me, when I'm sitting down with someone one on one or in a group setting that they, you know, maybe one or two people, the husband and wife want to sit there. It is in a way of focus. Right. Because I think if someone is looking at it and I'm giving them information and then also I'm getting messages, you know, either at the same time or a little bit after or info. To me, it is a little bit of a focus to be able to have someone say, oh, I can understand that. You know, like when you point out and the, the cards I use, a Voyager deck, for instance, for my cards, there's, a, you know, it's beautiful. There's lots of images and pictures on it so that I think they're attractive to someone who's sitting there and is looking, you know, maybe they're a little nervous as well. Right. And they're looking to have something to focus on. So that's kind of what I use for a tool as well. So, I mean, we... <laughs> Uh, we, I think, correct me, you got to correct me if I'm, I'm right or wrong, because I'm just assuming here. Stephen, you, you don't predict the future, do you? No, no, I, I intentionally avoid trying to predict the future, because Good you thing. can give someone okay. a future reading, and then they can step out of their comfort zone and decide to either go with what you say or ignore what you say, and they is everyone's in charge of their own thoughts, mm -hmm. destiny, and identity. So when you when and you 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 often get people coming back to you years later. I've done tarot readings and I've said this is what the cards are showing here, and it's mostly runestones I use, and I give people a kind of oracle from that, and it gives them advice, and then they come back saying, you know, that information you told me that that wasn't true because. Um, I went out and I saw something happen and it could have been what you said, but I didn't want to face that. So I turned away from it and I went and did something else. And I'm like, well, no, you're in control of your own destiny. And oh, absolutely. It's one, it is, it's, I'm sure Maureen will agree. It's one of the most frustrating things is we are trying to get people to accept that all we can see is a sliver into the future if you keep going the way you're going. And then it moves as soon as you change thought, perspective, tact, identity, anything can change it. Future's absolutely. always in motion. I'm starting to sound right. like Yoda. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's interesting because I don't know if necessarily when I'm reading, it's always the future. It's more about what's happening around them now. So it comes out more for them as a confirmation of, oh, yeah, that, you know, I'm not crazy. I am experienced that. That is what I'm feeling. Um, and then, you know, when I'm doing a reading, to me, it's letting them know we all have free will. Nothing is written in stone. And as you say, Stephen, it's, you know, always emotion, right? The future is always emotion. So they make one different choice and it then is like a domino effect and creates other scenarios for them to take a look at, right? And I think really for me, it's more about coaching someone on energy and how it works and, you know, trying to help them get in a state of gratitude um, and maybe, you know, improve their situation by how they work with energy or how they approach the next situation and the next challenge. Um, so, yeah, it's not necessarily just into the future. I don't necessarily believe that myself all the time. Now, let me ask, uh, let's start with Steve first, is 
when you pass, can the spirit see to the future? I believe, and from my experience, I believe they can have an idea of where you're progressing, similar to just like what Maureen was saying about using the cards or, or whatever vessel you use. You get a sliver into a very narrow frame as to where someone's life choices are taking them. And spirit, I believe, from my experience, have a much more fragmented view of that where they can see maybe perhaps two, three, four, five different lifeline choices that lie before someone, things that we as human beings tend to struggle with because we let our own emotions and wants and needs and desires get in the way of what our own spirit inside us is telling us is the best route and best path for us to take. And therefore, when we're freed from that human bondage, let's call it that, don't get excited, Ron, not that kind. Um, yeah, yeah. When freed from that human bondage, um, our, our spirit and spirit themselves have got a much more free-flowing capability to, to to understand where certain paths will lead to when certain choices are made. And that's the way I look at it. Uh, do I believe spirit exists out of our timeline? Well, it, it, that's a very difficult metaphysical question. Uh, so do, do I believe spirit perceive the future? No. Do I perceive that they understand our paths and choices better yes but the whole metaphysical question is an entirely different conversation yeah well i actually want to touch on that but maureen what's your thoughts on that uh it's actually similar to stevens i mean i think that there's a broader view because it's a different perspective right they may be seeing the whole tree and not just one limb right of what we're going through um in the direction so i don't necessarily i will say that i do um a lot of different, you know, I've been doing events run with the glass swirling and so forth. And when spirit comes through, the questions people are asking is they're like, well, when is this baby going to be born? And when is this time? And I'm thinking it's, I don't believe that they know a hundred percent exactly when something's going to happen because of the timeline, because things are different. But I do know that they might get an understanding, like Stephen said, little bits and pieces of it. I don't think it's like, you know, verbatim and written in stone either, because again, we still have that, the choice of what we make. We might decide we get up tomorrow and we decide to change our whole lives, right? So that's going to also bring in a, another set of directions for us. Mm -hmm. Well, let me, let me start this by saying that uh, time is man-made. Time really Correct. doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, that being said, uh, I was talking to my sister last night. Uh, she was out in California and spoke to her for a while. And we were reminiscing uh, about growing up and so forth. And she told me uh, that one night she was in her bedroom and my grandmother came out of the closet. No, she didn't. She wasn't gay. Uh, she was deceased. <laughs> no, yeah, she was dead. She okay. was dead. Uh, and she wasn't gay. She just came out of the closet for some reason. And she clearly spoke to my sister and told her that her son had just been hit by a car. And within a few minutes, the phone rang and it was the police telling her that her son had been hit by a car. So what's your thoughts on, on that incident for, for what it's worth? Uh, Steve, I'll start with you. Well, that's entirely plausible that spirit would come forward to someone in a moment of extreme need and 
trauma, uh, to catch on to back onto what Maureen was talking about earlier, is everyone has these psychic capabilities. If everyone has the psychic senses there, and it could be your sister instinctively picked up, not just you said it was her son, yes? Yes. Yep. Not just a, a, a family member, but someone who you have that an immediate motherly bond to. That psychic link can be very, very strong. So she may have picked up something in distress. Spirit re recognised her psychic distress. The grandmother came forward as a way to try and soften the blow and to keep her calm and appease her. And that's how your sister manifested that spiritual image of your grandmother for whatever reason. She may not have come out of the closet. She may have appeared in front of her while your sister happened to be staring at the closet, mm -hmm. for example. But without being there, without knowing all the facts, it's impossible to know. Yeah, I know. So it's entirely plausible that spirit would have picked up on that psychic distress and would have came forward to tell her. Um, I don't see that as any kind of future prediction because it happened in time. It happened in line with events. Um, so it's, uh, I would see that as a, a kind of spiritual reaction to the psychic distress of someone who's picked up something they don't know what it is and coming forward just to give them a bit of comfort and for foreshadowing just the, the imminent moment of the event that was going to happen for them. Maureen, if something happened like that to you or, or how do you explain that one? Yeah, and it's and actually it's funny because Stephen just touched on it because I was going to say it's not really a future event. It's actually something that was taking place roughly around the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and it just happened. I don't so, know the exact time limit between the the grandmother appearing and the phone call. Uh, you know, she said a short period of time. The phone rang. She says to her husband, "Don't even pick it up. I know what it's about." And uh, it right, was. but it's a short period of time, right? Yeah, it wasn't like two hours yeah. later, or no. you know, it was something where it was roughly now that you know the grandmother, and maybe the grandmother had been around watching, knew something was coming, and was there looking over the grandson or in the great grandson noticed this happen and then came through to kind of help, you know, your sister. So I don't think, again, I don't think it's necessarily that it's a future event. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are so many reports. The number one sighting of uh, spirit is uh, what I call the messenger spirit. And that is someone who has just died. In other words, and I don't mean just a second. I mean, within a short period of time, short period mm -hmm. of time could be as far long as a couple of days or whatever, but they will appear and uh, to the person uh, for one reason or other. Uh, is what's your, your thoughts on, on that particular uh, messenger spirits? It depends on how it manifests itself, Ron, to be honest. Um, if the person did not know the individual had passed, then it could be, again, psychic resonance and just a gut feeling that something's not right. Then that draws the spirit closer to them. Or if they did know the person had passed, we can go down two lines here. We can go down the direct spirit contact at a moment of trauma where people feel vulnerable and suffering from loss. Therefore, their, their own psychic capabilities are perhaps in more full flow as a result of the trauma. Or we could go down the route of... Uh, projected psychic ability whereby they believe they're having an experience or they want to have an experience, they want to do deal with unfinished business, the person who's left behind, I mean, and therefore they imagine the event that happens or they create the event that happens psychically by their own 
energetic capabilities. So they actually present the image that tells them the things that they would have liked to have said and heard. So th there's two different ways that can go depending on the circumstances, technically three, one and one split into two. And there would even be perhaps more circumstances where that can happen. Now, I'm not mm -hmm. saying that anyone who has had a messenger spirit contact, that's what's happened. Because without speaking to them, understanding what they were going through, understanding the trauma, understanding the situations about it, uh, understanding what was happening to them in their life that perhaps made them more open to spiritual events round about them, without having all that information, it's difficult to say. Mm -hmm. But for me, that would be the kind of main focuses that first come to mind as soon as you mention it. Mari? Yeah, I mean, I definitely believe in messenger spirits, and I think a lot of it is, you know, more the bond of love, right? We're all energy. We have that connection. And just as Stephen said before, you know, you may have that, you know, the, your sister tapping into energetically even her son getting in the accident, right? Um, mm -hmm. So to me, when someone passes, you know, I've heard many times from different clients that, you know, wow, I didn't even know that my, you know, my mother had passed and then I saw her standing at the foot of my bed or, you know, uh, I think there was even a famous story that I recall that there was a woman whose husband had been on a fishing trip um, and drowned at, on the fishing trip, but then the woman was woken up in the middle of the night um, where the husband was standing in front of her soaking wet. So I totally understand it can happen, but I also think just like whenever I will tell someone if they want to communicate with a specific loved one on the other side, that it's a two-way phone call. So if the person who's receiving that message is not open or is not in a state where they're going to receive that, then they could be standing there and they'd never know it. Mm -hmm. now so I, I, th I, I think it's two-way. I see this yeah, as, as both different instances, uh, as Stephen Scott there said, there's, there's a couple of ways that could help. I know like in my mother's instance, my father, she knew he was dead, but he appeared to her at night uh, fully dressed. And of course she screamed and he disappeared. But there are other reports <laughs> where, uh, in fact, it's in our book, uh, Ghost of Day, Maureen. Uh, for those who don't know, Maureen and I have written three books together, Ghost Chronicles, more Ghost Chronicles and Ghost of Day. And uh, there's one of a famous case in, in the UK where uh, a, a son, of a mother went down on uh, a British ship in the Mediterranean, and then he appeared to her in uh, his house in uh, England uh, in the broad daylight. Uh, he just uh, appeared at the same time that the ship went down. And there are other cases, and I, 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 I would like to get your opinions on this as well. There are other cases that Steve, uh, Parsons I has talked about where a plane is going down and it looks like it's going to crash. And one of the passengers on the plane appears to his wife thousands of miles away, but he doesn't die. Uh, so what's your thoughts on, on those? I mean, there's, there's different circumstances where a person can appear to someone else. Mm -hmm. Is it just psychic? Is there imagination or, or what, what are your thoughts? Well, for me, from my perspective here, uh, that the, the, there is very little will, will kickstart someone's, I'll use the term latent or quietened, psychic abilities that would allow them to project themselves 
astrally or you know mentally into the mind or presence of another person more than the concept of imminent death let's be honest about this it will be one of the most traumatic things probably after birth that any of us ever experience mm -hmm. and therefore the level of if we think about it for a moment oh, you said you said birth i thought it was a bath no a birth no no, I, I have it. a bath. Okay. That, that makes yeah. more sense. Well, I don't no. know. You might have been petrified with water. I am not sure. I have one once a month, whether I need it or okay, not. That's right. good. Yeah, um, it's Scottish. I expect that. <laughs> it's a Scottish thing, yeah. Uh, so that, that that imminent concept of something happening, being caught in a plane crash, for example, if there was anything that was going to kickstart your latent or subdued psychic abilities that allowed you to suddenly let loose a burst of, you know, psychic energy that then projected you somewhere else that would be one of the reasons for it so that that i could understand as a kind of not a bilocation but a kind of a projection to another location to give a message there's I, I can see no reason why that would happen based on some of the experiences i've heard of and encountered myself oh see there you go uh maureen you agree with that um i do i actually you know i think we need to be reminded we're spiritual beings having a human experience right so we're not uh, to me you know our bodies are a vessel right so if you're having this moment and it's this you know event we're a, that sad, you want to, we're oh. a sad sack of flesh that's what we are no but you to me the the idea of projecting yourself elsewhere is not that difficult to believe because oh, we gotta, we're not solid okay we have to wrap it up anyways for the break um, okay Okay, but I come back. I, ha I have some more questions. So many questions. I want to know what it's like being a, a medium. I mean, there there are different types of medium. I want to go into that a little bit as well. Uh, so, anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation, uh, right here on Tojanet. I am Ron Kolick. My special guests today are Maureen Wood and Stephen Scott. And we are brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Bethune, Massachusetts. The Glant Messages. Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. In fact, I just put up a brand new video for our Patreon listeners only. So check it out. You can become a member for a mere $3 a month, less than a cup of coffee. So we'll be right back after the following messages. a paranormal event book or something else you want people to know about then why not advertise it on ghost chronicles radio with over 150,000 downloads a month get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject we have a plan at a cost that fits your needs for more information contact ron kolick at any ghost project at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678 hello Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. 
two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And we are back. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I'm Ron Kolick, and with me tonight is transmedium author, paranormal investigator, Maureen Wood. Hey, and, how you doing? Yeah, my very good friend from, uh, well, he used to be, uh, <laughs> from Scotland, spiritualist medium, Stephen K. Scott. Hey, hi, guys. Yeah. So I, I have to, uh, I, I must have met a kin of yours the other Saturday night when we were doing an, an investigation. Uh, Richard Scott. Mm, must be from the <laughs> other side of Scotland. Uh, okay, left side, yeah. It, it was interesting, uh, the spirit was l l talking to him. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Cool. Anyway, yeah, so anyways, it must have told me knew you or something, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so before the, the break, uh, I mentioned that I would, you know, cause what, I mean, Today in the world, there are a lot of lot of mediums. Uh, you know, a few years back, there weren't as many. Now there seems to be a proliferation of of mediums. Uh, is it that? Is it because we are becoming more spiritually aware? Is is what's your thoughts on that, Steve? I think that actually, I'm I'm going to go on a limb here and say I, I think people are becoming less spiritually aware. Really? And yes, but more individually aware and more aware of things they want. Um, I find that, <clears throat> and this is where I'm going to get into trouble, <clears throat> I think that there's a huge demand for mediumship right now, not because people want to deliver messages, but because a lot of them think it's cool. And I think it's been hijacked by a lot of mainstream media and media outlets that portray it in a way that it's not actually meant to be for me personally and um so it, I, i've met a lot of mediums over the past couple of years uh some who have how long have you been doing this me oh 20 years oh i i did a four-day course and i'm a medium oh is that a fact is that right okay and now you're out there in the world giving people messages and i'm not saying that they're not i'm just saying that the, the quality of compassion and humanity that I sometimes see in some nowadays is lacking over the more sensationalist aspect so they can give people what they perceive they want based on certain television shows. So uh, that's probably where I'm going to get into trouble. I apologize. You know, that, that's pretty much like it is in ghost hunting as well, Stephen. Uh, you know, when I first got involved with it, there weren't that many ghost hunting groups in the world. And now, you know, there's like half a dozen any trailer pack so gives you an idea but maureen do you believe the same thing is are, are, are 
Are we more are we more spiritually aware? Uh, is is there a rise in mediumship because of that, or or is it something else? I I do agree with Stephen to to an extent for sure because I I will say that you know let's just say my hackles go up when I hear someone uh, I get as a client and they talk to me and this woman is you know just for instance last week she said to me you know my husband wants a reading but I'm really he's really terrified of who he's going to have for a reading to do a reading because you know the last person told me that he and I were were he they were told from someone in the other dimension that him and I were going to be divorced and not be married and, you know, started quoting all these things from that they believed to be true. And it, I really, honestly, it broke my heart, right? Because I said, you know, that's, we're here to be of service. That's for me, why is someone wanting to be a medium? Why does somebody drawn to it? Are you drawn to it for the fame? Are you drawn to it because and there's nothing wrong with fame? But again, what's your root belief? Are you there to be of service to help people heal? Are you there to help someone, you know, who's had this, I mean, so many people are grieving from many different losses, especially today. And what is your purpose, right? And, you know, I think those who want to be mediums, they think it's just, oh, it's so cool. But again, if you sit down and look at it, I don't think it's cool to have people that I do readings for who, you know, they come to me and they're very raw and they're in pain. Um, and there's times my heart breaks for them because I know it's not something, you know, they've lost their son, their only child. They're, you know, it's something that I think is our I hate to say duty, but if that's what we're dedicating our time and our life to, that we we're, we're, should be doing good, not bad. Okay. Now, um, you know, in the uh, 1800s, 1860s and so, the rise of spiritualism in the spiritualist church, uh, there was a big demand for mediums because we had just gone through, uh, going through the... Uh, terrible civil war, there were other things that were coming up. And every time there is a, a, uh, a crisis in the world, they, there is a more and more demand for uh, medium ships. And, and some people believe that it's because uh, they want to know there is life after death and they believe a medium uh, can provide that information to them. Plus uh, they've lost loved ones too. And they, uh, you know, they have their own guilt uh, and they, they just want uh, to be relieved of this guilt. Uh, do you agree with that concept or, or, or is there another reason for the demand for mediums? Uh, no, I, I, I don't disagree with that, Ron. Um, I, I would alter it slightly, though. I would say that uh, after trauma, most people want to realise that the people that they've lost that have passed the spirit are okay, okay and that they're aware of them and that they still love them and that that love is 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 there uh because that it's that love that fuels the communication between them and uh it's that's that that's really important um as opposed to people who perhaps want to just kind of make communication for information purposes you'll you'll always get that you know just like maureen was saying you know when's this baby due well yeah where'd you hide the money yeah i've had that yeah 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 i've had that before but um i think most people when they come it's it's because they're they they, they're still suffering from the trauma of that passing and they want to know that 
the loved one that they have lost is safe, that the trauma they saw was transitory, it's not there anymore, and that perhaps, as you've said, you know, there, 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 there is life beyond this life, that that existence is still going on, so they will be there for them when it's their time. And they will not be alone when they die, like everyone, you know, that's that old saying, everyone dies alone. Well, mm, not really. Uh, and it's just to have that comfort. I'm not going to use the term knowledge. I'm going to use the term comfort, that presence of mind in themselves that everything is okay and it will be okay. That's, and as Maureen said, that's our service. That's what the medium should be bringing to anyone who comes looking for a reading. Invariably, they'll come to you for the information, but they need to leave with not what they want, what they need, and what spirit wants them to understand. So judging what you said earlier, uh, Maureen, that you pretty much agree with that, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I know for me, um, each time I'm going to be doing a reading or having, you know, going with a group session, I always ask, you know, for the the information to come through for the person's highest good, right? So that they receive whatever it is that I be a channel for whatever information needs to come through to help them heal, to help them to, you know, reduce or relieve some of their pain and to find peace. Um, and that to me is really what it's about. Okay. Now, Steve, we'll start with you because you you did some classes with me before on on mediumship and uh there are there are different mediums can get information uh through various senses is, is that correct i i yeah yeah do you, do you can you list them or is that too hard no 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 um off the top of my head uh, you've got yeah. a clear audience a which is sound clear sentience clear gustance so everyone knows clear sentience which is that kind of clear knowledge uh clear gustance the sense of taste clear alliance the sense of smell clear voice the sense of sight uh the hold on clear voice clear voice clear, clear gustance and uh i've missed one okay it is nearly midnight. Is, I'm hoping Maureen can pick me up on that one. Oh, jeez, good luck with that. Because I'm going <laughs> to you going, no, oh, that's awesome. You're pulling them right off the top of your head. The voice, the audience. Too, right? so I'm yes, to... that's the one. Uh, clear sentience that, or? Uh, clear, clear voice, clear audience, clear sentience, yeah. clear alliance, clear gustance, and clear cognizance, clear, clear cognizance. awareness. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Sorry, it is almost one o'clock in the morning. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it excuses. Jeez. I, I get it, Stephen, believe me. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you looked tough. Hmm. Anyway, uh, so Stephen, how do you get, how do you make connection? To, to which one of these, what type of a medium are you, I guess? Right, uh, that's again a really complicated question with a really straightforward answer. Uh, I. I don't classify myself as a clairvoyant or a clairaudient or anything like that. If anything, um, spirit works through mere, excuse me, <laughs> through mere, through the, through the space station? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> spirit works through me, uh, mostly in the kind of uh, clear sentience and clear, oh, what would I say about that? Um, clear cognizance kind of way. Uh, but by doing that, it when I work with spirit, they transpose the sensations or the smells or the tastes 
through me so I can be working with someone in spirit and I I so you perhaps, work basically with all of it then kind of but I don't specialize in any one of it I just take okay, the information no, as it comes yeah okay and um so I, I couldn't say I'm clear audience because I, I could be working with one reading one sitter and I don't hear any sounds but I get smells or tastes or just a sensation or knowing sometimes a sensation in the body it kind of depends um so I, I try to keep myself and I think this comes from my, my background training with meditation and everything I try to keep myself as much a blank slate as possible so that it allows me to work with whatever comes through if that makes sense and Maureen how do you what, what would you classify yourself as um, not to just be repetitive, but I don't really classify myself as one specific because it changes all the time. And I wonder over the years, I kind of wonder if a lot of it has to do with the spirit coming through as well. Maybe they're better at relaying information. It may be, inner, you know, for me, like inner knowing, or I hear them if it's really strong, especially, you know, I don't know, Ron, if you recall when we went to the Wyndham the first time, right? And I remember hearing like it was someone talking in my ear um, and I was getting a message that way. So it, it could be just, you know, I experience how they pass. So I've always had to be careful in paranormal or haunted environments, let's say, to especially at the Lizzie Borden house um, to communicate with the spirit and ask how they died. Because a lot of times they will come through and show me so I physically feel how they passed, um, which is not always pleasant. You know, mm -hmm. someone getting axed in the head is not something I want to walk away with as a memory. Um, but again, it, it changes. So when I do readings with clients, it does, it changes as well. I might get, a, you know, a whole slew of them, or it might just be all of a sudden, it's like somebody's putting that thought, so inner knowing, um, the clear cognizant in my mind, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I, I know that like working with Leslie uh, on the red lights and dances, she, she gets the physical ailment of, of the spirit, uh, they show themselves in that way a lot of t times. Uh, when I work with it, to me, I smell, I can smell old people. So there you go. Uh, I'm sure I that's not yourself, Ron. I smell yeah. old people. Hey, watch it, watch it, dear, you little whippersnapper. Can I also add something, though, is, is that sometimes, and this is kind of unusual, and I don't know if this is the right way to express this, but sometimes when you're working with spirit, you can also undergo a, a kind of synesthesia as well um, what? Which, hey, what? <laughs> almost like a synesthesia where it's the sensation you should be experiencing is not the one you're experiencing for example um you can and this is going to sound really crazy but you can you can feel smoke without smelling it mm -hmm. and you can experience a color through a noise okay sometimes and uh so I hear a sound in my ear and the colour blue comes in. It's not that I hear the word blue. It's just that sound makes me think of the colour blue. And you get a kind of transposition sometimes inside your own mind. Sometimes it could be a, a spiritual crossed wire or something. Or it could be that um, it's just how my brain translates that information coming to me in a manner that I can understand, that I can then relate based on what spirit are telling me. Uh, do you ever experience that, Maureen? Uh, I know exactly what you're saying occasionally, yeah. but honestly, I think it's probably more that you're building your own uh, library. Ah, uh, the pilot, yeah. Right, of mm -hmm. information so that, you you know, spirit knows 
so in other words, hey, every time Stephen Scott hears that sound, he relates it to blue. So yeah. if they're trying to get blue, they now give you that sound, right? So it's kind of that catch-22. So I think we're building our own library, our filing cabinet, and that's what we allow spirit to come in. And we say, you know, use what's here. So for me, what means one thing is going to be totally different from you, right? That's because right. Yeah. mine is actually my experiences and through my glasses growing up. So if I see a flag, a certain type of American flag, I'm th going to think a serviceman, right? Um, you see the American flag could be, or flag of, you know, your country could be something different. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. That would make sense. Now, when you communicate with a, a client, for lack of a better word, um, they, are they there for, let me see, in other words, who is contacting who? Is the client contacting the spirit through you, or is the spirit, spirit contacting uh, the client through you? So which way does that flow? Right. Again, can be complex. Sometimes. <laughs> what sometimes, is it, Stephen? What is it? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes spirit will give someone a nudge to tr if they're trying to get a message through to go and speak to someone who might be able to help them. Then that individual through free will will choose someone that they think is going to help them and then they will turn up and the spirit that they, that's trying to communicate them cannot communicate through the person they've chosen because human free will intervenes. So sometimes when people come to you, they get the feeling of they, they want to contact a certain individual okay, I want to speak to my dad. And, you know, as soon as someone says that to me, I think, oh, no, because I'm going to get the mother, the uncle, the grandmother, the half-cousin, the, the dog they had 10 years ago. I'm going to get everybody but the father. Or sometimes the father comes through. Uh, spirit will work with, will want to work with the person that best suits them. And when they try and give someone a nudge, I believe they usually give them a nudge in the direction of where they want to go. That's if spirits involved in this at all. Sometimes people just want to receive a communication. They pick a number out the phone book or they speak to somebody who knew someone who went to a house where this person was and they get a reading off them. And they make that assumption that because they're friend of a friend of a friend, they got a good reading, they're going to get a good reading. And then they go in and they start demanding who they want to speak to. And then the poor schmo is left again in the... <laughs> kind of scrabbling in the dust, hoping desperately that the right person is going to come through. Uh, I have tried calling out for certain individuals during sittings with a sitter, and invariably it just ends in a bit of a disaster. That's, that's uh, basically conjuring, isn't it? Basically, yeah, and I, that doesn't work for me at all because uh, I don't even like doing it because I I can't guarantee who, I don't know their father I don't I don't know who's coming through they could say they're their father you know it could be their hated enemy from school. Do you know what I mean? I don't know who it is. I could just want to set them up for a fall. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I prefer it when someone comes and they're genuinely interested. They just want to make contact and they're looking for a little bit of closure on an aspect of their life or someone passing or and they're open enough to take whoever comes. Uh, one time there was, a, uh, I'll be very quick here. I don't, don't want to shut my at this part because we're running out of time. Uh, there was, there was a, a, an elderly lady came and she brought her granddaughter. And the elderly lady sat down, she had a reading with me, and it was great. Her husband came through, he brought a message, and he talked about this young boy that was desperate to come through, and he was going to come through. And uh, that was fine. And then the granddaughter came in, 
and I started describing this older gentleman who was wanting to come forward and she couldn't understand him, didn't know who it was. And she, she basically shut the communication down. Now, the younger boy that was with, the, what I didn't realise is when they came in, they were a granddaughter and grandmother. I just thought it was like kind of neighbours, one older, one younger. And what happened was the grandfather was trying to bring forward the young boy who was her brother. And she shut him out because she only wanted to speak to the brother. And she didn't acknowledge the information because she didn't, although she didn't know her grandfather that well because he passed technically before she was born, the evidence that was coming through was there to support the information that this was her grandfather, a member of her family. And it was only after the reading that I, I, I just had to stop it because she was sitting there, arms crossed, legs crossed, prove oh it to me, it works. And I, I want you could tell she only had one person in mind and she wasn't willing to take in information. And as it happened, the young gentleman didn't want to come through himself. He wanted a little bit of spiritual support. He'd only been past three months and it just felt a bit rough around the edges for him energetically. I think it was all very new for him. And he also, it, it, it was going to be an upsetting situation, I think. So sometimes that can entirely block a sitting. Okay. So Maureen, if you remember the first question, uh, when you connect, uh, when the client comes to you, does the client uh, connect with the spirit through you or does the spirit connect through the, uh, through you, wait a minute, does the spirit connect through you to the client? You know, it, it happens a lot of different ways, right? But I will say that I know it's very challenging when you get someone that comes through and, you know, or let's say someone, a sitter comes and they want someone specific and they do get pretty upset, right? If they can't have someone so that they want specifically to come through. However, I have actually had clients that have said, you know, I, I want so-and-so to come in and that is it. And I said, well, I may not be the medium for you because I cannot guarantee, again, it's a two-way phone call and it's not to say that they're not going to come through, but it has to be the right scenario, right situation. And I'm hoping that they come through and I will often prep, for instance, if I, I know someone's coming, I don't know, uh, with in a day or two or two days, and I'll tell them when you come, you know, put out the feelers. If you want someone to come, invite them. And that's all I say. Um, but I do tell them I can't, you know, if you ask for someone to come through, I will, you know, hey, I will try, but I cannot guarantee, right? Because that's not what we can do. I mean, the other side, it's, it is the unknown. We don't know where they are, what they're doing, and if it's, they're able to come through. So um, a lot of times what's interesting though, is I will have, sometimes I've had group settings and um, I will have, you know, some people have traveled together in a car to come to my house and I'll, all of a sudden it's kind of comical to me because there are times I will hear spirit laughing because they were having this discussion. These two people out of six, let's say, were going back and forth and bantering about who they wanted there and they were calling in so-and-so and that spirit was right there waiting to be heard. So in that scenario, it was great, but on others, you just can't promise. You know, there's no guarantees. So being mediums, uh, Stephen, has a family member ever uh, contacted you for, for a message? I mean, a deceased family member. Uh, you mean someone in spirit has contacted me with a message? Yes. For whom? For you. Oh, yes. Uh, two night, three nights ago. 
Oh, really? Okay. Literally three nights ago, I had a bad night's sleep. I couldn't sleep. And it was it was actually my, uh, my mother and father's anniversary. So some may say that that was my brain taking over and uh, wanting to have my, mom, my mother and father close by and um, making all that up. I would say yes, normally I'd agree with that, but not between two o'clock and six o'clock in the morning. Thank you very much. My brain <laughs> does not want that for itself. And uh, I got several messages through from my mother, my father, uh, Vary's, uh, that's my wife, mm-hmm. Vary's mother, sorry, not her mother, Vary's father and her grandmother. Oh, wow. And just talking about how things are going to change in their life and how things are going to kind of turn around. And mm-hmm. one of the last leading questions, because I've, I've, I'd, I'd stepped back from Spirit for about a year there, Ron, in mm-hmm. full, uh, just to get a break and things. And <laughs> sorry, and they said to me, don't think you're getting away from this so easily. And then 48 hours later, you asked me to go on the radio show. Um, so, coinc- you. you know, coincidence, confused, you will be. Tune in next week for more soap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, it, it does happen. And it started happening more and more frequently uh, over the past six months. So I guess, despite my best intentions, they're not willing to let me go yet. I've got more work to do. Maureen, have you ever received um, uh, messages from uh, a loved one for you? Uh, I have. Um, My mother who had passed uh, has come through numerous times. My father, actually, when my mother was ill, um, I hadn't, my father passed when I was 20 years old. Um, So my father had started coming through in my dreams, showing up. I could, you know, smell his cigarette smoke when nobody smoked in my house. Um, I knew he was there in the hospital room with my mother. She had a very close call and my father was right there. You know, I could feel him. I kept saying that she's not ready, dad, (laughs) you know, Um, but we were getting information that actually he told me to go bring her back to the doctors because she had cancer still and they hadn't gotten it all. Um, I'd finally convinced her and sure enough, uh, they brought her, you know, we brought her back in and they had to do surgery again because they hadn't cleared the cancer. But there's just, you know, I think we're all blessed, Stephen, and... It's great to talk to you, by the way, because I know we're almost out of time. Um, you are. I helped to cut you <laughs> off. So there you go. Okay. Anyways, uh, we, I want to thank both you guys. It's been a, a great night. Uh, interesting, I, I thought. Uh, and if you, uh, our listeners, have any uh, topics or questions for us, you can uh, certainly uh, message us on our Facebook page, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, or you can email me at anyghostproject at comcast.net. Stephen, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, uh, you, you had, uh, did you took time off? Do you still have a way to get contacted with you? Yes, my Facebook page is still active. Uh, Stephen W.K. Scott, Spiritualist Medium. Okay, Maureen, what about you? Uh, Maureen-Wood.com is my website. Right. Maureen also wrote uh, a series of children's books in, in addition to the three books that we wrote together, uh, which is available on Amazon as well, which is called What, Maureen? It's the Ghost Seekers Paranormal Series, and it's mm-hmm. written under B.T. Lord, my friend, and J.S. Stevens is my pseudonym. So there you go. So we want to thank everyone for listening. And, uh, you know, Stephen, I hope to see you again sometimes. i got to get you over here. Yeah, and, I'd love to. Just see yeah. if I... Well. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I do want to announce uh, Spirit Quest is going to be January. I mean, yeah, January, September 29th. September 30th and October 1st. 
of this year. So uh, stay tuned to indiegosproject.com for details when it comes available. Anyways, thank you, everyone. Good night. God bless thank and you. be safe. Good night. God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.